We're reading this morning from the first book of Samuel, and we're reading chapter 3 from verses 1 to 20, and the first part of chapter 4, verse 1. So page 274. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of the Lord was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am, and he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli The guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or by offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. 
And Samuel's word came to all Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, my name is Chris, if we haven't met. And it's good to be with you this morning as we look at God's words together in 1 Samuel. Uh, let me pray as we start. Heavenly Father, we uh, want to confess, Lord, that we desperately need to hear from you. So, Father, please speak to us this morning. We pray through your word, by your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is our our second week in the book of 1 Samuel, this Old Testament uh, book. And as we heard last week, 1 Samuel is very much about uh, leadership, very much about leadership. And I think you will probably agree that leadership is, well, it's a huge question in life today. It's a massive question. I mean, on on a wide scale, collectively, Uh, in society. Most people know that we need leadership of some sort. We know that. Um, But when it comes to what kind of leadership, well, that's where people disagree massively. I mean, so in politics, just for example, we know we need leadership, but what kind of leadership? Well, I'm not going to get into that. But we disagree massively, don't we? It's interesting, though, That even though we know we need people to lead us, at least on a wide scale, collectively, when it comes to us as individuals, well, that's a bit different, isn't it? That's a bit different. The normal way of thinking today is, as individuals, well, actually, it's best to be your own leader. Isn't it? Isn't that the way we think today? Yeah, we might have some kind of role model, perhaps some kind of hero, some kind of inspiration, but when it comes down to it, you're meant to be your own leader. Isn't that right? You know yourself best, so you can lead yourself best. Maybe we look at a self-help book once in a while. Really, you need to lead yourself. That's the normal way to think these days, isn't it? Leadership. Leadership collectively Leadership as individuals. What kind of leadership do we really need? Now in 1 Samuel, the general question is, what kind of leadership did God's people need at that time in their history? Um, Things had gone wrong for God's people, for Israel. Things had gone really wrong for them. Uh, They hadn't always gone wrong uh, because God had promised to use his people to put things right in the world. And things had gone pretty well for a while. Uh, God had fulfilled, actually, three big promises. God had made them into a large people. He put them in the wonderful land that he had promised. And he'd given them a relationship with him as their God. Three big promises. Tick, tick, tick. He'd done all those. But then it went badly wrong. Badly wrong. The book called Judges, which is before 1 Samuel, records how it went badly wrong. The people turned against God as their king and their leader. They decided their own way to live. And the repeated refrain in Judges, the very last verse of Judges is this. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as he saw fit. It's chaos. 
There's political chaos, there's civil war, there's fighting, and there's moral chaos as well. Crimes, exploitation, murder, you name it. All sorts of chaos. Last week, at the start of 1 Samuel, we saw seeds of hope in Hannah's situation and in Hannah's prayer. And what we saw was that Israel needed God to put things right again. And this week we see Israel needs a God who speaks. Israel needs a God who speaks. They need us collectively, they need it as individuals. And we'll see this through a contrast between two leaders. Uh, There's Eli's family. That's a family of priests at the tabernacle where God was symbolically present with Israel. There's Eli's family. And then there's Samuel. He's just a boy, but he becomes God's prophet, God's spokesperson. And it's important to realize that um, this passage is not just relevant to those of us who are leaders in the world in some way. It's relevant to all of us, because the contrast is less about how good a leader they are. It's less about that in one sense. It's more about their different attitudes to God as their leader. That's a crucial difference. What's their attitude to God as their leader? What's our attitude to God as our leader? Today's passage is quite long, and also we're looking a bit in chapter 2 as well. So we're looking at quite a long chunk. So we'll look at it in uh, two main sections, very roughly. There's chapter 2, which we didn't have read, and chapter 3, which we did. Anyway, we'll go through it. There's Eli and his family. They lead for themselves. But then there's Samuel. And he lets God speak. That's the contrast. So first of all, Eli's family. They lead for themselves. Look with me at chapter 2, verse 12. Do read along with me. Eli's sons were wicked men. They had no regard for the Lord. Uh, so Eli's sons, they were priests, they, that's a very responsible position. They were in charge of the sacrifices to God and worshipping God. And God had told them a special way to do these sacrifices, uh, including burn off the fatty parts of the meat. That's what you're supposed to do, uh, because the fatty part, that's the best part. Devote that to God. Now personally, I, I do actually like to eat fat quite a lot. Um, maybe that's a bit strange. I was on a holiday the past week. At the beginning of the week, we roasted a big chunk of, uh, of meat, and then I spent the rest of the week eating through a massive piece of crackling. It was, sorry, it wasn't that big, but it was, that big. It was amazing. I loved it. Uh, but the fat here, the sacrifices, that's, that's the best part. Devote that to God. That's what Eli's family are told. But Eli's sons, they just ignore that. They ignore it. They, they show no respect. They dive straight in. They even take the fat in verse 16. They take the best part. These guys are supposed to be leading God's people in worshipping God. But they care more about feeding themselves. Greedy. That's what they care about. And also, we see later in chapter 2 that they are sexually immoral as well. Verse 22 says this, All Israel knows how Eli's sons are sleeping with the women who serve at the temple entrance. 
God had said sex is for marriage. Eli's sons say, nah, we'll do what we want. Do you see, in all these different ways, Eli's sons are leading for themselves, really. They have a position of leadership, but they're just leading for themselves. They are changing the rules. They're doing what feels good to them. What God says, that's one thing, but what they just they do what they want. But why do Eli's sons act like this? Why? Is there a reason? Well, this is the heart of it. We saw it in verse 12 there. Let me read that again. Eli's sons had no regard for the Lord. And then verse 17 says that they treat God's offering with contempt. Contempt. What God wants? Nah. No, no, no. We'll do what we want. And verse 30 also says they despise God. That's why Eli's sons leave for themselves. They despise God. They despise him. God, we don't care what you want. We despise you. Very strong language, isn't it? Very strong. And then there's Eli himself, their father. He also um, leads for himself, but he's a bit more subtle. He's a bit different. Eli does actually have a go at his sons. Uh, In verse 23 of chapter uh, 2, it says this. He said to them, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. So Eli knows his sons are doing wrong. He knows that. But he does not sort it out. That's crucial. And in the next chapter, in chapter 3, we heard that God says, to, that, God says that Eli failed to restrain his sons. So they are despising God, and yet he just lets them carry on. Again, why is that? Why is that? Well, it turns out that Eli is actually very like his sons. He's really like them. Because he also has contempt for God. We know that from, um, from chapter 3, verse 29, where God rebukes Eli. So chapter 2, verse 29, where God rebukes Eli, he says this. He says, why do you, Eli, that's Eli, not just your sons, but you. Why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering? Why do you honor your sons more than me? By fattening yourself on the choice parts. Eli, he scorns what God wants. Eli's sons and Eli, Eli themselves, himself, they, they're leading for themselves in all these ways. They don't, they don't care about God and what he wants. They care about their power, their greed, their own comfort, sex, food. Now what to make of this? What do we make of this? Well, the point of this story is not just, for example, that we see the faults in our own leaders today. Although that is a warning that we have here. It also shines a light on how we, as human beings, how we like to be our own leader. How we choose to live our lives. It shines a light on that. And if God has created the world and he's created us to live in a way that honours him, can we really say that we do that? Naturally, we do prefer to be our own leader, don't we? We prefer to do that rather than let God lead us. We like deciding what's best for us. And the Bible here tells us that that attitude 
Well, it's an attitude of contempt for God. It's a way of despising him. That's strong language, but that's what the Bible says. And it says that that's attitude. That's why the world is like it is. So it shines a light on on us and our attitude to God. Now, what actually happens to Eli and his sons? Um, We don't have time to look in detail at the end of chapter 2. But it does tell us there a couple of things. It tells us that God judges Eli. He promises to judge him and his sons. He will cut them off, which is serious. There's also a word of promise. A promise that in due course, God will provide a new leader who knows the heart and the mind of God. So there's a promise there. And this all tells us that whenever people lead their lives for themselves and they despise God, it needs and deserves God's judgment. And it needs the promise of his hope. And then we get to chapter 3. Chapter 3. Here, in chapter 3, you turn over the page. Here, we see Samuel. We see Samuel and we see his attitude to God is very different to Eli's family's attitude. Very different. Samuel decides not to lead for himself. Instead, he lets God speak. He lets God speak. What a contrast this is. So do read along uh, with me from chapter 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Samuel is serving at the tabernacle, but God has not often been speaking to Israel. And Samuel knows that. And he's waiting. He's waiting. And then three times, God calls to Samuel. Samuel. Samuel gets confused and thinks Eli is calling him. Here I am, Eli, here I am. They don't seem to get it at first, do they? Eventually, they realize what's happening. God is calling him. God is calling him. He knows he needs to listen. Verse 10. The Lord came and stood there calling, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. We see, don't we, that um, Samuel, well, he does not refuse to listen, and he could have done that. He could have refused. And we can refuse to listen to God too. But also, do you see God's kindness here? He is present with Samuel. He's actually speaking to him. And he is so patient with Samuel as well. God calls him four times. So patient, calls him four times. And the message that God speaks to Samuel is bad news for Eli. God is saying that he will now carry out his judgment against Eli. That's bad news for Eli. And again, Samuel could have, he could have refused to pass on that message, couldn't he? But he doesn't refuse to do that. He lets God speak. He goes, and he, with a bit of prompting, 
He does tell Eli everything. God's spoken. He's got to tell him. And then finally, verse 19. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And Samuel's word came to all Israel. This is a big turning point in 1 Samuel. Israel has totally rejected God as their leader. They despise him. But now God is beginning to reestablish his leadership, as it were. And how is he doing that? He's doing that by speaking to Israel through his word, via his prophets. The living God revealed himself again to them. And through that there is hope that he, that God will lead his people. That's what need, Israel needed more than anything. They needed that hope that God would lead them. That's not the end of the story, not by all means. But there is hope again. God is starting to make things right again. Let's spend the last few minutes thinking about what this means for us today. We asked at the start, didn't we, what kind of leadership do we need? Well, through this passage, God is telling us to let him lead us. And to do that by letting him speak to us. Let God lead us by letting him speak to us. Today, God does not uh, claim to speak to us face to face like with Samuel. Instead, he claims to speak to us in Jesus through his word, the Bible. We need to let God lead us by letting him speak to us. And we need to do that uh, collectively. That's why as a church, that's in John's, we try to take great care to teach and understand the Bible and to live it out. We also need to let God lead us uh, individually, as individuals. If you not uh, call yourself a Christian, uh, perhaps these ideas are unfamiliar, maybe a bit strange to be honest, a bit weird, letting God speak. But I would love to encourage you to be open to listening to God in Jesus through the Bible. Be open to how the Bible claims to reveal God himself to us. I realise that is a huge claim. But if God is God, he is perfectly able to do that. And if God is God, surely there would be nothing better than to let him speak to us so that he can lead us. Wouldn't it be good to let him do that? So we need to listen. If you would call yourself a Christian, this is also such an important reminder for us. It can be very, very easy to forget to listen to God or not really listen with an open heart, or not really listen wanting to love God and obey him, 
We have to be careful because when we don't listen to God, we can so easily, in a way, grow a kind of contempt for him again. We can so easily choose to be our own leader every day in, in, in the daily life and the big things and the small things. Listening to God in Jesus through the Bible is so crucial because Jesus, Jesus takes away our contempt for God. That's why it's so important. What do I mean by that? Well, deep inside all of us, there is so often that urge not to believe that God is our best possible leader. We don't like the thought of him being in charge. We don't like to trust him. We don't think he's good. We often have that urge inside of us. Until, until we see God as he really is in the face of Jesus himself shown to us in scripture. In Jesus we hear God saying to us I am good. I am gracious even to sinners. So let me lead you. We see that in Jesus' life. Jesus met sinful people like you and me and spoke words of forgiveness, words of mercy, compassion. He said that if we listen and trust him, then God is for us. He is for us. We can trust him. Why would we despise him anymore? We can let go of leading life our own way of deciding for ourselves what is best. God says, let go of that. I know best. I'm good. You can trust me. You can trust me. God says to us, let go of being your own leader. Let me lead you. Let me lead you by speaking to you. What an amazing God we have. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for speaking to Israel. We thank you even more for speaking to us today. You know our hearts. So easy for us not to trust you and even to have contempt for you, Lord. But thank you for showing us you... As who you are, who you really are in Jesus. You are good, you are gracious, you are trustworthy. So Father, please lead us. Help us to hang on your every word. Lead us away from every way that we dishonour you. Lead us to want to honour you in our whole lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.